Centimetre Perfect. Hello and welcome to the Centimetre Perfect podcast. My name is Joseph Bianco and joining me as always is Christian Brazizi, Julian Zakari and Kirillos Rascala. Boys, how are we? Good, how are you? Amazing. Good, mate. Good, mate. Oh, that's good, Kirillos. Good good to have you back, mate, you know, after that, that week off. Um, do you want to sort of explain what happened that week that you weren't with us? Ah, yes. Um, so, boys, uh, I decided literally two hours before the podcast was going to – we were going to record the podcast that I wanted to get a new phone. Just popped out of my head, time to get a new phone. And for about two, three hours, I was on the phone with – with uh, Vodafone, uh, shout out to Vodafone. Thanks, guys, for my new beautiful phone. Uh, yes, um, spent three hours trying to get a plan for my phone, and I got a new Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. For those Let the fans Samsung down, mate. Let the fans down for material things. Yeah, that, that's that's disgusting. Everyone is an Apple user. Yeah. Yes. Oh, what can I say, boys? Uh, sometimes it's the phones that get me going. Rightio, then. Okay. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Christian, <laughs> can you run us through the round? Run us through the round, please, Christian. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> this game, <laughs> on a double header, we had Essendon against Hawthorne, who Essendon made an incredible comeback, who ended up winning by 16, 87 to 71. Oh, that game. Oh, that was a roller coaster that one. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, Honestly, thank God we didn't do the podcast last week. Because <laughs> I, w- I was going to rip into Essendon, and I'm going to look like a, a spud on this podcast today. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Uh, what can I say? On to the next match. Yeah. <laughs> the next match of the doubleheader was Richmond against West Coast. Let's go. And Richmond had a big win there. Convincingly over West Coast by 27 points, 88 to 61. Yep. Then on Friday night we had another comeback from Geelong. Who oh, this was a good one. This was a good one. The boys from the Cattery. Gary yep. so, Rohan. Yeah, great performance by the boys. Don't mention Cattery, but they won by 11, 72 to 61. And on Saturday we had three games. We started with Port Adelaide and Sydney. They won by 26, 73 to 47. GWS was against Frio was the next game. They won by 38, 91 to 53. And a controversial game here in the last one on a Saturday night. In Darwin, Melbourne getting up by three points against St Kilda, 52 to 49. And two games on a Sunday, the Mighty Magpies. Yay! Woo! <laughs> See you later, <laughs> scum. <laughs> won't get carried away, but we did win by 24-72. Settle down, down, Joey. Collingwood nearly choked that, mate. You guys nearly choked the season had uh, you boys not stepped up in that final quarter, that final half. So hats off to the boys doing that. But, mate, would that have been bad if you lost? Your team is completely irrelevant, (laughs) so I'm just going to say this. You don't understand the rivalry between Collingwood and Carlton, yeah, okay? You don't understand the rivalry. Now, I had people messaging me at halftime saying, oh, Collingwood not looking too good. All these Carlton fans going, oh, not looking too good. Well, we shoved it right up in that last half. <laughs> the scum was done. We and that's kept it. it to four points in the second half. Any win Carlton. over the scum is a good one. 
Carlton fans out there, don't listen to him. All right? You're not scum. I love you. you. I love you. All right? Don't listen to him. Uh, Move on. It's uh, very good to see a great club making its way back up there, but uh, it'll take time. It'll take time, but uh, soon you'll be at the uh, great level of Essendon Football Club, unlike um, other teams. uh, All right, let's move on. Last last game of the round was a basket case of Northampton. Christian Pajaka's goal was a touch. Yes or no? I think Um, it was touch. We didn't didn't cover the Gold Coast game. Oh, did we? Yeah, man. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Yeah, Gold Coast made a basket case out of North Melbourne, winning by 63, 91 to 28. North Melbourne are atrocious. Yeah, Yeah, I can't wait to rip into them soon. Yep. Holding it in. All right, let's get on to – yep, Jules, take us away. There was what I said before. Bang, let's go. Was it touched? Yes or no? Christian Pachaka's goal. Joey? Wasn't touched. Was over the line. Yep, Kirillos, go. Wasn't touched over the line. Christian? Yeah. Yes, I agree with Joey and Kirillos. It was touched, but over the line. Over the line first. God damn, we all agree. Oh. There's no controversy in this podcast. All right, well. <laughs> we like to keep it nice the and flowing, guys. Though, the thing I'll say, I reckon it was touched over the line, but the fact that the AFL did not have a goal, uh, goal line camera uh, is a joke. And now, after that goal... Uh, they've decided that every match will have one. But it's too late. Well, that's the game was decided by three points, and it's too late. Can't say sorry, St. Kilda, mate. I, I, think, I think that's the biggest – that should be the real big talking point for the season, for the, well, for this game, because essentially they, the AFL recently, in the, at the end of last season, released their match review panel. In the uh, at the not the match review panel, the, the anything any review yeah. that happens during the game at the Etihad Stadium, they've got that one room that's full of yeah, all these yeah. all these professionals that are there to spot out any of these any of these issues, and the fact that they didn't have this ca- that 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 goal line camera that didn't show this vision, that's on the AFL. And honestly, the game was what that game was one fair and square by Melbourne, but that controversial call there could have could have really settled it for either team. That that really um so if you're from a St Kilda point of view, um something like that. You know, they I know they're in a good position right now. I think they're seventh, seventh just under, yeah. yeah, just under uh, the pies. So yeah. Um I think, you know, something like that with the competition being so close, a decision like that um it can it can really if 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 they drop a game, you know, there now even one game could mean that they possibly they miss out on the finals. Team in the eight at the moment. Yeah, so that they, they they could that could, their season could have been um uh, decided from that call. So um that that goal. So um I will say this though, I I yeah. liked a lot that the umpire gave his thought. Uh, he said it was a goal, and um. I'm glad that um, you know we sort of like that that backing of the umpire's call was uh, was allowed. So like we always give it to the umpire saying, oh, you know, they always rely too heavily on the technology and stuff. But that umpire called it a goal, and just to make sure, set went to the uh, went to the cameras. But yeah, I like that a lot. I think that was, yeah. that was good. Yeah. and we should have more umpires that. 
should give their call first. They should, they, they should just trust in what they... Yeah, they uh, should... They, like, there's no, there's no uh, harm in um, trusting, in putting a bit of trust in the technology, but I like the fact that it's a call first and then, because a lot of the time it's um, it's just a, a review or something like that, you know? And, yeah, yeah that's my thought on that. But, yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I, fair. I, yeah, I think I think the technology they just need to calm down with it all this. I don't know. It's it's a bit controversial. The Ark, powered by RMIT. Um, <laughs> that's what comes up. Ark powered by RMIT. Um, look, I don't know. I think we just gotta we just gotta stop and just you know, look. You see in other sports like the soccer, you see the VAR, but the VAR it's I don't know. It, it just looks like it's more advanced than mm. the arc. Hey, but um, I'll give him. I'll give him. I'll give you this. Thank you, Ura. If three of your players couldn't take down Christian Pedrak and still got the kickoff, you don't deserve to win. All right. That's, yeah, probably. I agree. One. The right, bounce of that. On. The bounce of that ball. That's the real it. talking <laughs> point right there. If you can't make a tackle that gets him to ground, don't bother going back. Uh, oh, we lost by a goal because it was touched. No. You got to control what you can control. Yeah. yeah. In the end, they lost because of that. You have a responsibility when you tackle him to to not let him uh, dispose of the ball, and you failed. So yeah. tough life, mate. That's yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Christian, talk us through the um uh the next gen academy that you were discussing earlier yes. on. They they fell. Um, it's been reported um, that they're wanting to seek out the next generation academy <laughs> bidding process, which would essentially eliminate any uh, club linked with a certain player, like, um, say, in the past, like an Isaac Quainer to Collingwood, um, any, uh, even any up- upcoming draft, like that Jam- Jamara Eagle Hagen for the Bulldogs. He'd be yep. the, essentially the number one pick, meaning they want to eliminate pretty much like the Bulldogs. So anyone, any club could pick them up. Yep. Um, wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Does this does that include father son as well? No. No, just just the NGA uh, prospects. Okay. But in this case, it won't happen in this year's draft. It's saying this this will most likely occur for 2021 and onwards. So. What's your name? Oogle. Yeah, and that's he, the same with like Reef McInnes for Collingwood. Yeah. That's yeah. A, so, so basically, what you're saying is cl- clubs can't poach a player anymore. Is that? Yeah. So they can't match. They can't like match. Uh, or they can't bid for another player that's linked to, to another club. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. If they're gonna next gen academy though, I, I, I think it's fair that they get to go to that club if the club wants them. Yeah, like yeah, if they've already committed, so. I think yeah. it's it's just about right. I, I that think they, they just, go there. Yeah, I, I haven't heard. Are there any problems but, with how the current how it currently is, or? But with with that with that in saying that, Joseph, would you say that they shouldn't come up through the draft? Those those NGA well, players. Well, of course, and they do go through the draft. Because they do go. They get selected, but the thing is, because they're a next gen academy or whatever, they've um gone through the club. It's like we've. As Christian said, Quainer, he was, you know, next gen with Collingwood, and then yeah. I think GWS actually bidded to select him. 
Yeah. And what we turned around and said on the draft, no, we're taking him. So we had to take him at the pick that we had uh, at that yeah. current time. Yeah. But then, like in that sense, though, does that waste? Does that waste the team's draft because now they have to use that pick to then pick a their, that player that they've bit that NGA player that they want? Not really. If, than, that, if that's the player that they want, then no. If they're going into that draft saying, "I'm going to take this player who's been on our academy, next gen academy," well, you're not wasting the, your draft pick then. Yeah, but in, for, in instance, sense, yeah, for instance, for instance, save one, save. Save that pick that, that we're talking about now as a early round two draft pick. So, say, pick 21, 22. And you really want that player, but another team also wants him. And they, they've got now the pick after you, but he's not really – he's not – that player that you want isn't really a pick 22. But you know that team that's going after him are going to get him if you don't pick him. Would that be a waste of a pick? Because now you've now wasted on someone who could be a pick 30, pick 31, pick 40, yeah, for instance. I see what he's saying. Do you guys understand yeah. that? Yeah, I do yeah. understand what he's saying. Yeah, I understand. So, like, so, Quaino is good, but he wouldn't be, say, a, like a number one draft pick or a number, you reckon? No. No, no. If you, no, had, if you were holding on to the number one draft pick and you had someone coming up from the academy, but you have to use your number one draft pick on, say, Quaino, that's a bit of a waste, isn't it? Yeah, you would want to save that for a later pick and try and poach some of the more outside talent. But if you wait too long and another club comes in with their pick and all, but if you've got a, if you've got a yeah, pick, you can still right. elect to get them. Yeah. So you can elect to get you can elect to take them at any pick that you've got. So even if you've got pick sixty. Okay. So so essentially, yeah. what you're saying is that a, a player can can so a team can, in a way, a player on hold until that pick. Basically. Yeah. Because if that happened, because I know back in in. 2018 draft, Irving Mosquito was in the um, Hawthorne NGA and then was picked up by the Bombers a few picks before because the Bombers decided they wanted to pick him up. So yeah. how come how come it didn't work in that instance where Hawthorne could have put that player put well, Hawthorne Irving may have not have found him, you know, as a type player that they wanted to bring onto their list, then that's their decision. But I'm saying, teams, if you've got this next-gen academy, you've got these players coming through and you want to take them, you know, if you've got if you're a team that's like Adelaide that's going to finish last, you're probably going to get what well, you're going to get a top pick probably. Mm. Um, and then you you have a next gen academy player, but he's only worth say he's going to get drafted around uh, pick thirty maybe, and you've got pick forty. You select someone else with pick one, and then someone bids at him at around pick thirty. You can say no, and then keep saying no until 40 comes and you decide I'm going to take him then. If not, you just pass. So, mm. but with this new thing that Christian's saying, does that all go out the window? What we've just said? Um, so, so play, so teams now can't you say elect to pick. I, th- I think, I think that's what it's saying. Yeah. Well, that's a bit fairer then because like, what if you can't just keep rejecting people and then get, you could you could essentially get a good oh. player from your uh, well if if you haven't think about this so you pick forty yeah but think about this like next gen academy players they're basically already committed to the club there's a mutual yeah, agreement no, and commitment with the team that um you know they're already there's training with them and stuff there's all that 
So I think mm. it's fair that um, the club does get to pick them up. It's the same with father son. Yeah, would yeah. you but, want? Would you want the, someone you that's coming agree, in? You don't agree that, with this new rule that, that now goes that. Sorry, go on, Kirillos. Sorry, sorry. So basically, from what I'm understanding of all of this, is that this the the new rule that's coming in is that the the club has the right to take that player. No, it's or is to, it? It's trying to take it away. So any club can go for him. Yeah, so yes. any club so, can. So yes, yeah, but. These. See, I don't agree with what the AFL's trying to do there. I don't think they should think be doing they, that. Yeah, they're just trying to balance it out. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, this I, I feel what you're saying, Joey, but I sort of agree with the, the rule that the AFL's going in, just make it a bit more even playing field. Because yeah. you can easily see how the academies can be um, rigged in the favour of the team, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah that's, but, again, that goes back to what I'm saying about the club. commitment. Yeah, I, I understand that. I don't know, it's a bit iffy. That's yeah, a, that's I a, understand. It's a fair point, but I, what I see is that, in a way, it wastes a pick, but also it can also be beneficial because now you, you've got the next-gen academy. So do all clubs have a next-gen academy? Yeah, so, so, so yeah. So, yeah. for example, for example, Collingwood have a player that they want, but this new rule now gives the, the, opportunity, the, the opportunity for Hawthorne to grab that player. But then Hawthorne can pick him up. Yeah. But, but that They've means Port Adelaide now has a player that Collingwood could pick up in their next gen academy. No, you can't. It... You can't do that. No. So you, so you as... can't pick up another. T- you the next gen academy. You have the only players that you can lock in that you're going to take from your next gen academy is from your actual club's next gen. It can't be say. Another club's next gen academy. Yeah, no, nah, you, you, you're like yeah. you're locked into the um. Sorry, if this. Yeah, the player that it, you've been. Yeah, Reef. Is it Reef? Yeah, Reef McInnes. Yeah. Reef McInnes is on Collingwood's uh, next gen academy. I'm sorry for going back to Collingwood. I just have a lot of knowledge about them, but um, the yeah. So a team like um Melbourne can't um try and lock him in. Because he's our next gen academy, they so not only, on them. Currently, yeah. they can only bid right yes. now. So they can yeah. only bid and say, "Oh, we want them." But then, if the club goes, the club itself, like Collingwood, says, "Well, no, we're taking him at pick 48, but Melbourne's trying to bid for him at pick 40." Then we can say, "No, we're locking him in." Yeah, we're we're matching that bid to we're yeah. taking so him at that the pick. Rules, yeah. But next year's rules is that is that's different, right? That could be different. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. Going forward, that will be most likely different. Oh, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's I think it's silly. I think they should just just keep it how it is. It works well. It's not. It's like I don't know. I don't think there's a quite a lot of stars at the moment that have been next gen. They're just, well, if they're just good upcoming talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not, no, no, I don't, not I, like overpowered. No, I, I, I saw something earlier this year where it said the um the draft is compromised due to these reasons because you could have uh pick number one player and he's in your next gen academy and like you could be top of the ladder and yep. you just get that next gen player who should be a pick number one who should be going to Adelaide but because you got him on your next gen list you get him. Imagine if a team like 
Uh, all right, I'll say Geelong. Geelong are not at the not first, but say Geelong win the premiership. You know they have a really strong t- side. You know that they, they've dominated the competition as they have this year, and then in their academy they have uh, Pasquale, right? Who's Pasquale. He's pick number one, and and Adelaide should get him, but because they've uh, they they've uh, they've locked him in at pick thirty eight, Pasquale goes to the Cats, and Adelaide get God knows who, and Geelong have a pick number one superstar. That's a bit that's a bit compromised, I reckon. I think that's a fair call there. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. there. Okay, there we go. If you guys have finally agreed on something, I think. Because that, because that now, that now, <laughs> that that's right. Because that oh, now yeah. gets, because, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that now gets rid of that now gets rid of the, the uh, unfairness of clubs getting, getting potential number one draft picks, and I, I, I like that, Joy, and that's that's a that's a fair call, and I totally agree with what you've just said there. Thanks, yeah. mate. Um, let's get on to something that happened um not very long ago actually in a. Very, very heated debate between two members of this podcast. Um, there was a lot of controversy uh, regarding the Richmond-Essendon game. Oh. Now, if we go back to the Dreamtime clash in um, Darwin. Boy, oh boy. Well, so, wait. if we could just talk about that for a second. Um, Kirillos, do you want to explain to me what happened that night, what you're... What you were trying to get at? All I've right. Moved past. I've All moved right. Past I, I, I personally, I personally agree with Joy. I've moved past this as well because you know that's in the past and oh, you can't I really moved past you, this. you can't control the outcome of a game <laughs> essentially. But my my idea, my ideology is is that the umpires' bad decisions, bad calls, had affected the momentum of Essendon, which had caused the loss by 12 points. But that's not to say Essendon didn't play bad. Essendon had a bad game, but also Richmond weren't on the top of their game missing however many shots that they missed that caused yeah. them to only win by 12 points. Like, that could have been a blowout. That was 66 inside 50s to 24. That could have been a blowout. Richmond should have won that by... That, I, I heard a commentator say, I heard someone say, that if, if there are 66 inside 50s to 24, that usually results in a 100-point loss. Okay. And and I don't disagree with that, but my disagree where I disagree where my frustration comes from this game is that umpires took either took too long to make a call or their call was was incorrect, which led to a switch of momentum. So I'll go back to Tipper's goal. Tipper's goal had got so that was a mark had gone in for a goal. But then the umpire decided to take it back and call it a push in the back on what was what then went through the, the MRO and came out as a dive. So it was a goal reversed and then come back and said, oh, well, he actually didn't really earn the free kick, which then that's, that's six points gone. And then that gave Richmond the chance to switch the ball from one side of the – from one end to the from one end of the ground to the other, kick a goal. Yeah. That gives look, them look, – For the people listening – me and Kirillos have had some heated debates over our uh, messengers, uh, but I've, I agree with a lot of what Kirillos is saying. I just want to take into account a lot of things. Darwin up there, in those conditions, there were three three games, two games played in there, 
all three or two of those games were low scoring and very uh, like uh, rough and like scratch games because they were because of the conditions. It's hot up there. It's muggy. It's uh, the sweats on the ball. So we had sixty. Be be that Metricon, be that at um, uh, the Gabba Optus Stadium, and we had those numbers. It would have been a different score. Oh, um, so, but I'd like to say that Kulos is right when he should have um, Tipper should have gone back and slotted that goal. The only thing that I disagree with is if your team's not good enough to win, um, then uh, with 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 without a uh, if your team's not good enough to win without a umpire's call. Um, or with an umpire's call, then you don't deserve the win. You shouldn't rely on an umpire. Just like we go back to the game last week, uh, this week, yeah, last week, Melbourne and St Kilda. It shouldn't go back to that call. If you can't bring down Christian Pachaka with three players, you don't. It doesn't matter what the call is. You couldn't get him down. Same way with how you Essendon couldn't stop the inside fifties with uh, Richmond. After about half time, it barely went to inside your forward fifty. That being said, it's over now. I don't really care anymore. Uh, I, I don't, I don't yeah. disagree. I don't disagree with what, like, yeah, we shouldn't, the umpires, like, they shouldn't be the main cause of, if the team isn't good enough to win, because, if the team isn't good enough to win, because umpires have swayed the decision, then they don't deserve the win. But what, I, what I'm trying to say here, what my, what my frustration comes in is that, a lot of a lot of AFL games can sometimes be won on the back of momentum, and that's that's what we, in my opinion, that's what can win a, what what can win a team a game, and that that was shown a lot in this week when it was Essendon Hawth, whether it was Essendon Hawthorne, um, Geelong Western Bulldogs Collingwood Carlton, each team that then went and won the game that essentially came from behind, those teams that won they they played off momentum they then built their momentum and won it that way, and that's. That's what I'm saying. That bad, that call from Tipper, that call against Tipper's goal, that cancelled Eston's momentum going forward. Because now, instead of being 11 points up, they're now one point down because Richmond went and kicked a goal, which then allowed Richmond to, from the centre bounce, go and kick another goal, which gave them a seven-point lead. I'm not saying that that second goal they kicked wouldn't have happened if Tipper's goal happened, because there was actually more time lost from the ball switching from one end to the ground to the other, which which means that there was less time to kick the second goal for Richmond in that, that end of the second quarter. But instead of going into halftime seven goal seven points down, Essendon seven points down, it, we could have gone in five points up, which essentially would have would have would have potentially held us into a closer closer margin. Instead of losing by twelve, we could have lost by six. We could have even lost. We could have even won that game by a few points. Because then that next call where Dylan Grimes at all not Dylan Grimes uh, Vlosten was uh, given that was awarded that 50 meter free kick. Up, I'm a bit unsure about this because Vlosten did mark the ball, and Tom Bell Chambers did come in late and try and punch the ball essentially. But just to, just emphasis on uh, emphasis on the late because he did come in fairly late and try and punch the ball, which then essentially clipped him on his shoulder, but then the dive back from Vlosten's neck was the, yeah. reason why, was the reason why the umpire paid the 50 because he thought it was high. But seeing that that paid him 50 gave him another goal. So 
that then killed that killed that momentum moving forward. Yes, a turnover can kill momentum, but it doesn't just it doesn't hurt it as much as a as a, a rebound goal. Which is why my argument last week was that the umpires' decisions in that game was the reason was part of the reason as to why Essendon lost. But like I said, and like you said, Julian, had this had been at a different at a different place, Richmond would have won that. That would have been a blowout. 66 inside 50s to 24 just shows how bad Essendon's ball movement was and that that could have ended up being a 100-point loss this year. And in 16-minute quarters, that, that's a major feat, and that would have looked really bad. That would have, that would have hurt Essendon a lot, and that, they might not have been able to come back from that. But, yes, I, I still have that opinion that Essendon should, should, that should that game should have been – the outcome of that game should have been different. But also that was in the past, and that's now nearly two weeks ago, and we're now a week ahead into another. We're in another. We're going into round 15 now. And that was two rounds ago. So essentially, I've moved on from that. Um, you've moved on from that. I've taken the I've taken the L, and I've uh, celebrating a good win from Bombers this week against Hawthorne. There you go. A great comeback yeah. by the Bombers. Uh, okay, there. All right, we've, we'll stop that now. That was. I thought it was going to get heated. Okay, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joey, I'm assuming you wanted to see fist flying or something. Well, no, because um, we don't want to breach COVID rules. But um, but no, yes, I was expecting a bit of a screaming match. That's all right. Um, hey, Channel 9 News um, reported not so long ago this evening um, – that Brisbane's hosting the grand final. It's going to get announced tomorrow. Is it? Um, yep, is it? unless... But um, if there is any um, COVID outbreaks um, in Queensland, they'll be moving it to South Australia, to Adelaide. So what do we reckon? I'm completely wow. against that. 100% against that. That, that should be played. Uh, look, Brisbane hosting that grand final... Fair enough, because they've done so much for the AFL this year than any other than any other any other state has done in the past ten years. I agree with that move going to to Brisbane. Fair enough, fair call. But to then go to South Australia? Well, it's only going to South Australia if there if, is a if, rising well, COVID cases. Okay, well let's say there's a rising COVID cases in in Brisbane. Now it has to move to South Australia. I completely disagree that the grand final should be played in South Australia because what fans are they going to get there? Well, I can understand South Australia is as much as a footy, a footy state as much as Victoria. Never tear but, us apart. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like they do it if... Um, you can't... Fit, you can't... I personally think Optus Stadium should be next in line for the grand final if Brisbane has... If Queensland has a COVID outbreak because Optus Stadium can, ho- can host more supporters there than the... Than, yeah, look. South Australia. I'll stop you right there because it it doesn't matter who hosts how, uh, how much anymore because of COVID. So I think there's going to be a restriction on the amount of people in anyway. That being said, I tr- I back the AFL and all the decisions they've made this year. So if they want to play it at Brisbane, which I went for originally, I thought that it should be there because of what Queensland have done for us. And if they're saying move it to Adelaide, that's their call. That's their call. I agree with it. I back them 100%. After all the decisions and um, all the all the planning and stuff that's got, obviously there's a reason that to go to Adelaide over Optus, and the AFL has done 
10 times more research than any of us have now. Um, and so if they want to go there, they want to go there. I don't, I don't care whether got, uh, the grand finals played, really, as long as it's played. Well, so, I, yeah, I, did I, hear recently, I did hear recently that Western Australia's borders are completely sealed off. So, yeah. so, so that's that, what they would know something that we don't, or they so, know. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that's there's a lot behind the scenes. Yeah, that's yeah. what could potentially. That's what could potentially stop the AFL from going to Western Australia because no fan can actually travel to Western Australia to watch the game. Only the team. So it's, it's sort of a slap in the face of the the premier of uh, WA as well because he was being real. He was sort of he he went on record to say or something like that he was playing hard to get to the grand final or something like you don't do that if you all right if you really want it you put your hand up for it <laughs> you, yeah that's you, right you don't yeah. you don't play these stupid little uh, pissy games like egotistical yeah yeah what kind of mind games Behavior. do you play it's, yeah. it's so childish if you wanted it yeah call for it you ask for it that's yeah, very agree. true there Julian. Around it. Yeah. So Brisbane, I've gone. All right, you've done this and this. You've closed your borders. You've been you've been uh, dancing around the issue for so long. You know what? We're playing at Brisbane, and then if they don't can't have it, we're going to Adelaide. Yeah, and boys. The premier's boys. there. It's like, oh, all right. Well, shit. You know, bit bit lost. But lads, in saying all this, in saying all this, I know this is a bit off topic, but it's still on the topic of the grand final. In future years, should each state build a stadium identical, not identical to the MCG, identical to what, like, it can look to however it suits the the, the city that it's going to be in, but should each state have a stadium with the same capacity as the MCG, so whoever is the home team in the grand final can have the, have the home ground advantage, or should it still be played in Victoria? The thing about the G is that should always be played in Victoria. Final, it's, no, it's no one's home ground. Yeah. Should always be played in Victoria. I think traditionally you just got to... Footy's such a heavily... Be played at the MCG, but... Yeah, it's such a heavily um, uh, traditional game, you know? Not a lot of sports out there still rely on their traditions where they play it at the first, you know, sort of ground that... Um, that sort of their roots, you know? NBA's all commercial now and stuff. I think AFL should keep what we have and not try and change anything in the future. That being said, um, I think COVID this season has shown the AFL some different things that they could tweak and change. Um, but, yeah, I think it should save the G, I reckon, my opinion anyway. All right, Carolos, why do you say that about – do you think that the grand final should be held interstate? Well, well, essentially the home ground advantage when it's played in Victoria and there's a Victorian team and – an interstate team, that Victorian team will always have the home ground advantage. Not, not even if it's not their home ground, but they've got more supporters that don't need to pay for, for travel, traveling tickets to get to that ground. Therefore they can actually host a lot more players. Okay. Than a, Let me just stop you there for a second. They, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <the thing. laughs> all right. All right. I, that, that, that is, the they hold a certain amount of tickets for the other fans. And if you just have to look at to 2018 where the Eagles won. Like, like the, Collingwood were a big team. Yeah. And then Sydney a few years before that. Yeah. Like, oh, 2012. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, 
the MCG is just iconic. Okay, that's where we played the grand final. It's the largest um, ground that the capacity, his number of capacity in Australia. Now, I go to the MCG every year. Obviously not this year, but I go there for Collingwood games. It is so iconic, and grand finals there are amazing, and I could not imagine, apart from this year, a grand final anywhere else. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, and the other thing that they were saying a while back, Marvel Stadium hosting finals, please no. Heck no. No. If anyone knows me, you know I absolutely despise Marvel Stadium. It is terrible. But that's another story. (laughs) So, anyway, let's get on. To our team of the week. One more thing before say, you... Yes, yes. Um, it's going to take two things to change people's mindset right now. We're playing the the um, we're doing all this COVID season in interstate with hubs. Yep. Mark my words. If two Vic teams make the the finals, or a, one Vic team makes the finals, and a Vic team wins the grand final this year, every other interstate team, interstate fan, you shut your mouth for the rest of however long you live, because you, you've you always said this Vic bias, this Vic bias. Vic bias, Vic bias. Especially right. those Port Adelaide we're playing, fans. Playing in, we're playing <laughs> in, uh, in interstate now, in hubs, mind you. And what what homing ground advantage have any Vic cl- clubs had past round two? None. Exactly. None. So if, if a Vic team wins this grand final, I don't want to hear it anymore. And number two, if... If we come back to the G in a few years' time, maybe next year, the year after, who knows, and two interstate teams play at, and no Vic team makes the grand final, further reason to shut your mouth, all right? Well, I mean, in 2005 and 2006, it was Sydney, West Coast, back-to-back. Exactly. The grand final. Exactly. So there's no reason to complain anymore. There's Vic bias. You realise when you go back to it, it's a ground. It's a ground. It's, it's ground. It's It's, it's, it's just a football over. Suddenly have a have a the the grounds like you know what I'm gonna go for Richmond today I'm gonna make Richmond win yeah the grass does not speak this isn't the Smurfs <laughs> I don't want to hear it anymore if a team wins this year shut it forever that's forever it. that's yeah. it Julian I agree with you but that's not what home ground advantage is home ground advantage is actually the the supporters Kevin Sheedy I'm pretty sure said this once when when um back. I think it could have been 93. He said it um, to the to the to the playing team that yeah, that year. He said if you can get, I think it was in Essendon Adelaide finals, and I was actually watching this documentary yesterday. It was a short video video about the 93 Bombers, and it said, and they said Kevin Sheedy said this. He said there are there are 5,000 Adelaide supporters, and over 50 to 60,000 Essendon supporters in this stadium. Now, if you can get fans behind you, no matter how loud those 5,000 Adelaide supporters will be, they will never be as loud as the 60,000-odd Essendon fans that are there, which then becomes a 19th man. You're actually then playing with 19 men because now that that getting behind you will put pressure on Adelaide to want to try harder to do more, but then will make them make more mistakes. So essentially the home ground advantage is a 19th man. Wouldn't it be the 23rd man? Anyway, that's all well and good. It's it's all well and good, but 2018, West Coast. This year, we've had no fans in stadiums. That does nothing. Better team wins on the day. That's simple as that. That's it. And plus, there's fans all over for each club all over the country. Seriously. Exactly. 
Like, could, I can name a Gold Coast fan that lives in Victoria, for God's sake. Port Adelaide fan that lives in Victoria. <laughs> Coop say. <laughs> Shout out Matthew Cooper. Um, yeah. yeah, no, but it's true. There's, there's heaps of supporters from each state that live in different states, okay? So it doesn't matter. Anyway, let's get on with it. No, fair enough, fair enough. Let's go. Let's right, off team of the week. Carol, let's kick us off. Go. Team of the week. Let me bring my team of the week up. Okay. So in my full back, I've got Maynard, McAvoy, Lloyd, May, Stewart, and Crisp. Crisp, what a fantastic game he had. Like, although he had that uh, unfortunate bounce that went past his leg. I don't know how that happened. It went, he bounced it on the side, and it just bounced right over him, right next behind him. But apart from that, he had 25, 26-odd touches for the game. And, well, I'm not saying that's unusual for him, but I'm saying that's that's a good feat coming off half-back for me. Yep. Uh, yep. My centre, McGrath, uh, Luke McDonald, and Noah Anderson. I had to put Luke McDonald in because uh, there were people out there punting, and one of the punts was that uh, Luke McDonald to get less than 24 touches, under 24 touches. And for those of you who did add him into your into your multis to get less than 24 touches, believe me, he did what he no could to get more that than that. You. You, you, you <laughs> are an imbecile. <laughs> oh, oh look, gosh. I wasn't fuming at Luke McDonald like some people have at, at Mitch Robinson and other people. I was fuming at the fact that I put that in, in my multi. Let's just move on from that for a second. Oh, let's move on to Riccardi. This is his second game, right? And he's now kicked he kicked four goals in his second game. Yeah, pick, pick 51. Pick 51. Yeah, that's crazy. Four goals. Steal. In his second game. Was he was he from the uh, from an academy or was he... Uh, he's a Victorian he, boy. He played in the VFL for, I think, Werribee. I think. Oh, that's right. Victorian yeah. boy. But four goals in his second game against whoever they... Whoever, Frio. Frio, yeah. Frio, which is still not too, not too shabby, which four goals is pretty good. Uh, Dixon from Port. He played all right. Now here's here's one. I had initially I had Tom Lynch in, but I got rid of Tom Lynch because then I added Gazza Rowan. Gary Rowan played a in, impressive game on the weekend. And, no, he didn't play that good. He just had and, a good last quarter. Oh, that that's good enough. He, he, he's, his he's stats don't pressure, really tell the story of his uh, pressure. His pressure in that last quarter had made had put that much pressure on Western Bulldogs that that one that one got that one Geelong the game and he won it because of his pressure. Yeah, yep. he's, he's Now uh he's one, Isaac Rankin and I put him in not because he, he kicked many goals or if he did or or what he did in the fourth line, but I put him in because of his footy smarts. And I am telling you now, I'm excited as much as I'm excited to see Matt Rowe play in the future, I'm just as excited to watch Isaac Rankin play in the next five years. Because his footy smarts is just well ahead of his well ahead of his age. I I was one of the goals that Sexton kicked. Pretty sure it was Sexton. He kicked it. Rankin was on. It was an intercept mark from from Gold Coast. They passed it out to Rankin, who was on the wing, running along the boundary. Who on who kicked it in front in space in front of players. He didn't kick it to a play. Kicked it in space, which a lot of players these days. A lot of junior players, senior players, AFL players, they want to hit up targets. But but Rankin did that thing that not many players do, which was kick in front of 
in front of a player to space, which lets them run onto it, which then led to more intelligent work by Gold Coast, which led to a tap over over a defender to Sexton, I think it was, who then went on to kick the goal, which which uh, was pretty impressive for me. Now, my full forward, uh, story of the week, Joe Danaher coming into into the uh, Bombers lineup for the uh, for this week. I think kicking three goals in your first game back after 460, 60-odd games, I think, or days, I think it was, I think it was just impressive to see how Danaher was able to live up to live up to his his Danaher name and even live up to the to the hype everyone had brought about him. And a lot of a lot of people had said whether it was too early to bring him in or whether it was a good thing, but he he got he got in there for me. Uh, Sexton got up there with the four goals that he kicked. I put in Grundy because he absolutely dominated the ruck with all his taps. And uh, thank you, Joey, for telling me how many taps he got on multiple occasions because that really solidified his position on my team of the week. No worries. And now uh, Taylor Adams, again, I, Joseph, how many times have I backed this player and, and how good he is? Yes, he's I very love, good. I love Taylor Adams and I put him as in my in my team of the week after getting 22-23 touches after a first half of eight touches. So he went into that second half just shy of 20 touches, just shy of uh, of making 20 touches for that uh, at the end of that second half. Now Petrarca kicking four goals for a midfielder that is that is that's something I like to see. Now uh, my interchange I put in Gray, Kerno. Whitfield and Merritt. So I would have loved to have Merritt on the field, but I thought the other players had a better ga- had a better game because Merritt wasn't as effective. But his scoring, I felt his scoring involvements put him in there with nine scoring involvements and his 36 touches. So Merritt earned his spot on my team of the week this week, boys. Now that's my team of the week. Who's up next? Um, I'll go. So. I've put in my uh, full bag on my back pockets uh, Jake Lloyd and uh, Tom Stewart. Full back, I've got Stephen May. Thought he was sensational. Um, half back line, gone Luke McDonald. Um, was pretty good. And then uh, got Darcy Moore and Jack Crisp. I thought they were sensational. Um, my wingman. Andrew Gaff and Lockie Whitfield in the middle. I've got Paddy Dangerfield, 32 touches. Half forward, I've gone with Joe Danaher. Um, and my flankers, I've gone with Riccardi. I thought he was brilliant. And Petrarca was awesome. He is going to go far in the brown law, I reckon. Um, forward pocket, or full forward line, I say, I've got uh, Jeremy Cameron, um, Liam Ryan, and let's talk about Sexton, baby. He <laughs> was terrific. <laughs> he was good. He deserves a spot. My followers, I brought Grundy back in. I thought he, he played pretty well. I was no real standout Ruckman, but, yeah, Grundy looked like he was sort of getting back into some good form. Um, got Merritt from the Bombers and... Kennedy from the Swans thought he was pretty good, 28 touches. On my bench, got um, Ainsworth from the Suns. A few scoring shots, uh, kicked a goal. I think he had about 11 marks or something. Um, uh, Robbie Gray, um, Andrew McGrath, and Charlie Dixon on the bench. Who's next? Uh I'll go next if it's alright. Yep. Yep. So my full back back pocket 
I've got, I started with Stephen May, I thought he was really influential as being a key interceptor in that St Kilda Melbourne game. I put Tom Stewart, fullback, I thought he controlled defence quite well when it came to controlling that game. I put Braden Maynard, um, thought he's just a bull of a player. Um, yeah, I saw that uh, AFL ratings that you released on uh, Snapchat with all these Oh, yes. Yes. yes, the elite. Yep. Uh, yeah, very good. I put Bachahuli in for Richmond on the halfback flank. Crozier had a second quite half. I thought he really started off the game well for the Bulldogs. And I put Jack Crisp. I love his run and carry. And even though he stuffed up that bounce, um, he's a really important player driving off the halfback line for Collingwood. So on the yep. wing, I've got Lockie Hunter. Thought he's he's uh, after his incident early in the season, he's really capturing some good form. I put Trent Cotchin in the centre of the ground, and on the other wing, I put Lockie Whitfield. Um, half forward line, I put Robbie Gray. He had like 27 touches and two goals. It's a good outing there. I put Joe Danaher from Essendon. Great comeback. It's yep. good to see. I hope he actually stays at Essendon. Be good to see that. Um, then I put Dacos. So he's had maybe arguably just as good games that I haven't put him in, but I really like his consistency lately. And then I put, just like Joey did, Alex Sexton in the forward pocket, Jeremy Cameron. And I thought Gary Rowan stat-wise may not have looked amazing, but I thought his pressure and his... Ability to close out that game in the end proved worthy. Uh, I put Gorn as my ruckman. Uh, I put D- Patrick Dangerfield and Taylor Adams. Like Kirillos said, he had a quiet first half, but closed out the game really strong as a brute force in the midfield. And on my bench, I've got Zach Merritt. Uh, I put Jake Riccardi. He kicked those four goals against Frio. I put Noah Anderson. And lastly, I put Tim Taranto from DWS. Very nice. Yes. All right. Uh, Jules? In my back line, I've got Stephen May. He's been solid all year, and he stood up against St. Kilda, liked his work. I had Noah Bolter. Um, You can see in this team of the week, I'm really sorry. A bit of my bias is shining through, but I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, Noah Bolter. A kick from the square, I absolutely lost my mind. I almost put a hole through my wall, um, woke my mum my up, so I had to put him in there. This next guy, absolutely love him. If you're listening to the podcast, mate, find me and sign my chest. Darcy Moore in my back line, all right? Absolute legend, right? He's probably the most important player for Collingwood. I don't care what anyone says. Yes, Adams has been good, but Darcy Moore, I love him. All right. Mm. Lloyd uh, coming off the halfback. Hooley and uh, a bloke I've been wanting to put there for a while, but he hasn't hasn't really been uh, performing as well as he has, but I think uh, he really stood up in the Hawthorne game, and that was Adam Saad. And then on the, the wing, I have Robbie Gray. Center, I've got Whitfield. And then the other wing, I have Steele. Coming off the uh, half forward, I've got Ben Ainsworth, 23 touches and uh, a snag. Uh, that was really 
uh, a stand-up performance by him. Um, he's been having a good good year, but this was a really breakout performance, I reckon. Couldn't couldn't go past Petrarca. Had to put him in there. Really good. Probably going to be second for the Brownlow. Honestly, could win it if he if Melbourne win a few more games, and who knows how lucky Neil will go. But yeah, uh, then we got Gary Rowan. Don't mess with the Rohan, mate. Uh, he didn't get a lot of touches, as Christian said, but far out. He's probably he he plays like a tall for a small fella, and he yep. plays it well, and he's very quick. Uh, next, I had Jeremy Cameron. You could have put a uh, uh, Riccardi in there. You could have swapped him, but I went with Cameron. Just he's been having a bad season, and I think he finally uh, got the delivery. And they were saying he he played with a smile on his face, so just because of that, I popped him in there, and I loved it. We're gonna skip the middle. The, we're gonna skip the full forward for now. We're gonna go straight to Charlie Dixon in the forward pocket. I thought he had a good good game. Um, that snap for a big man, impossible. Don't do it again. Don't ever do that again, please. That is just for the small fellas. That was insane. Um, and then the meat in the sandwich. I I was ready to roast him last week if we did the podcast. I was ready to to rip him down. I was ready to tell you fellas that I'm I don't believe him. But he proved me wrong. Joey Danaher. <laughs> Joey, don't go. Please stay at Essendon. That was sensational. That was insane. And oh, I topped it off even better with Hutto calling that game. Danaher, you made my day. Um, that was, yeah, that was fantastic. Three goals on his return. So that was amazing. Uh, then Gorn, coming back off injury, I thought he was, like Christian said, no really standout Ruckmans. Or Joey said, no standout Ruckmans. Yeah. Like, I think Gorn coming off an injury uh, did pretty well. Like, you know, some players, especially Ruckman, could probably be a bit sore and it's hard for the tall fellas to get around, but he did very well. Dangerfield just carried, well, not really carried, but took it upon himself to get the game going again on their turf. And, man, he was he was a bull, I reckon, on that day. And uh, I liked his game. I was watching that game. It was really good. Noah Anderson, I've got in there. Um, young player. I thought he's very, very well. Um, I could have put Adams in there, but I went with the younger player. Just, just it just shows uh, it's a bit more impressive when a younger player does it uh, as opposed to Adams who does it week in, week out. Um, even though that's still impressive, but yeah, on my bench I've got Adams, uh, I've got McGrath, and I've got Lockie Hunter. And then lastly on my bench, purely for the fact I had a dream that he went to uh, not a dream, I had a nightmare he went to Carlton. I've put Dusty in there. Alright. <laughs> I didn't put any player in there, but I had a nightmare what? that it went to Carlton and it made me really upset. I could I thought about it all day at work today, so yeah. I put him in there just uh just for my heart. Fair enough. <laughs> like, that's fair. No, that's fair that, there, mate. That's the word of a lie. I had a dream that he went to Carlton and actually hurt me. <laughs> oh, it's funny you say that because the night before the Colonial game I actually had a dream that we got thumped by Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I woke up and I was like they're like the what's his name Freddy Krueger of the AFL like. Yeah. Um, it'll be Ah oh, yes. Uh, take us through our uh, new segment. So uh, boys, we've been thinking that you know we should add something new to the podcast, and we've decided that from this pod o- onwards, we're going to be adding something called one like one dislike. <laughs> and what that is, Come we're on. going. What that is, we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about our one like from the week. We're gonna mention that, give it a mention, shout out to that one like, 
and then we're going to rip into our dislike. We're going to go all out on what we hated about this week and why we hated it. So, Julian, would you happily start us off with this one, mate? I will happily start you off. Oh, no. My like this week, and I haven't stopped talking about him all, all week, Joey Danaher, all right? I love you. I actually love you, all right? I don't... I, I, I love a, quite a few players from around other than Richmond, but Joey Danaher is a very special place in my heart. He hypes me up every time the ball, every time he gets the ball, and for some reason, Hutto is always commentating his games as well, so that G's me up even more. And I... He kicked three goals. Joey, don't go. Joey, don't go. That's all I can say. I like that. What I hate or what I disliked. North Melbourne Footy Club. Hawth- Hawthorne Footy Club. It's one thing. I No, combined hate. <laughs> I dislike them both equally. I've heard a lot of crap in the media that they're as bad as Adelaide or they're going as bad as Adelaide. No, you know, you're going worse than Adelaide. How do they know they're in they're in a rebuild phase? They know where they're at. They admit they're at the bottom of the ladder. They admit they're they're bad. You Hawthorne and you North Melbourne, you don't want to admit anything. You got nothing going for you. You got no vision of the future. You don't want to play. You, you got no game plan. You got no game style. You're getting beaten. North Melbourne's pathetic, pathetic game against uh, Gold Coast. That was miss Sorry to cut you off, Julian. I know this is a bit of a bit of a. I know, this is his rant. You, this is his but, rant. But is it a coincidence? Is it a coincidence that both these teams that you're ranting about are both teams that are potential Tasmanian sides? I don't care if that's got anything to do with it. <laughs> what the hell has that got to do with it? What the hell has that got to do with it? Just the weird fact that both these teams are the are the two teams that play off in Tasmania, and both of them are thinking about a move to Tasmania. Northwood's not going to move to Tasmania. Listen up. Uh, you'd love to see it, though. Uh, Adelaide, no, I wouldn't. Adelaide know where they're at. Adelaide know they're going for a rebuild. They've just come off the bat with a new coach, you know. Hawthorne, Alistair, you've been around for years. What are you doing? Are you thinking about this, the future of this football club? I don't think so. Rick Shaw, I think they, they made a mistake. They were in shambles, right? They, they, they sacked their old coach and they went straight to Rick Shaw thinking he's, he's Jesus, right? What's he done for their footy club? He's leaving Pollock out. He looks like he's lost the players. I've had enough. I've had enough. All right. I think, I think he's, Reith had his, he's had his rant. I think Reith Shaw, though, I think the reason why they stuck with him is a bit similar to uh, Brett Radden for St Kilda and David Teague for Carlton, is that their first few games were actually pretty good. And that's why people stuck with them. And But, but the difference is that David if, Teague if and Brett Radden... football all, club, you should be smarter than to just look at four or five games and go, ooh, he's pretty good, let's sign him. Yeah, no. initially they, they, they stuck... He was just supposed to be a filling coach. I don't know why they ended up sticking with him, but North North don't have any star running through there. You know, you don't get excited when this player gets the ball. It's like you don't have an Adams running through there. You don't have a McGrath running through there. Who you got? Higgins is getting old. Simkin, you know, he's been he had an alright season at the start, but he, as the team's going, he's going not too well either. You're just not looking to the future. You're not. You've lost the – Reece Shaw looks like he's losing a bit of the, 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 the players with Polek. Like, why is he out of the side? Is he really as bad as as uh, as Mason Wood? Is he worse than Mason Wood? Are you telling me he's worse than Mason Wood? 
Something's going on there. I don't like it. Also, I, I smell fish. I smell they, something. They got to start working up because they're about to lose their their key full forward. Exactly. Who's next? Someone, someone else take. Oh, take, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, um, go right. All right. You, you know what? My first, my like. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. <laughs> Shout out to a boy who actually plays at North Melbourne. <laughs> Off their half back line. Now, Kirillos, this is for your stupidity. Now, Luke McDonald, Kirillos had a multi on for Luke McDonald to get under, to get 24 touches or under. Why, when his past two games have my, been 30, my, why would you do that? My like, Luke McDonald, you stuffed Kirillos up. Well done. Now, my dislike, <laughs> my dislike, oh boy. Julian, you're ripping into Hawthorne, and I'm about to rip into them. Alistair Clarkson, give up your coaching role. Go and do something else, mate. Do something else with your life. Please, just stop coaching Hawthorne. It's done. Your dynasty's over. You're not the emperor anymore. This isn't China. Go somewhere else. Please, do something else with your life, because you can't be 52 to 16 up at halftime against the Bombers and then lose it. You can't do that. Not to Essendon Football Club. You not only ruined the hearts of your own supporters, but you ruined that you took the smiles off my face and Collingwood fans and Carlton fans and Richmond fans and every other supporter of any club that dislikes Essendon. So well done. Go Hand in your letter of resignation because you're done. The club's not going anywhere, so my dislike is not Hawthorne. It's Alistair Clarkson. Get out of there. <laughs> that, was, that was bloody brutal. Wow. <laughs> that was big no wow. Worries. I just hope Alistair Clarkson somehow hears this and has a yeah, response to so Joseph. Now, 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 go on. Someone else. Uh, <laughs> that was honestly brutal. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm gobsmacked after that. <laughs> Christian, would you uh, like to, to go next? or? Uh, yeah, all right. I'll go next then. Back uh, that up. <laughs> all right, so my like, it's not surprising, and it might be a bit biased, but going for Collingwood, and what I liked about them, while it's not surprising, is their second half defensively. So Carlton in the first half scored seven goals too, including five goals in the second quarter. For the rest of the game in the second half, they only scored four points, Carlton. And I really, I, I like I said, I know it's not really surprising. Collingwood, even though lately they have been leaking some bad scores defensively, it seems like they're picking that intensity up. And it's just great to see because you can translate scores from your defensive in the back half while it's not the most it's not it shouldn't be your ultimate way of scoring it should be you know stoppages and t- creating turnovers i just really like the way that they came out there and defended it from that second half onwards and my dislike i mean where do you start with north melbourne They're atrocious i swear i've got some stats here i know stats don't mean everything the stat means Come on, rip into them. But 
I mean, come on. Efficiency inside forward 50? 27%? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Me, I just had opinions. He's ripped out the stats, fellas. <laughs> this, that hurts. Yeah. That's like you can't run away from this. This is an opinion. This is true. Seriously? That is atrocious. <laughs> My, I mean, they were missing handles as well. They were missing yeah. handles. Yeah, I didn't really watch the game much. I just got home back from work, but oh my gosh! And the fact that it's the way they're playing, and they're not, you know, selecting Jared Pollock. To me, that sounds like tanking. But hey, Christian, yeah. did you did you actually say something, boys? I've actually got a theory about Pollock. I'm sorry to cut you off, but there wasn't there was a scratch match between no, Collingwood, no, Collingwood, Collingwood, Collingwood no, and Melbourne. I actually saw this. This was a scratch match. Yeah, Jared. Jared Pollock was in a Collingwood jersey playing for the Pies. If you get another midfielder... Nah, he's a wingman. We can finally get <laughs> Phillips to piss off. You've got Davis on the wing and... and uh, I don't and know. Pollock now. Go on, Christian. And Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> it just seems no forward direction of this club. Like, who are they? Who are you? Kanga, Kanga, Kanga. Roar, Exactly what okay. Christian said. Who are you? What defines you as as a as a as a club? Each each club has something that defines them. What defines North Melbourne? Nothing supporters. Absolutely not. nothing. <laughs> nothing at the moment, and it's sad. Oh, it's a travesty, honestly. Gee. Honestly, it brings a smile to my face. Who's <laughs> <laughs> ruthless, mate? You don't want to see anyone succeed. No, not unless it's my team. Honestly. We're not, all, we're not all like that here at the Centimeter Perfect Podcast, fellas. Especially if it's Essendon and Hook. Anyway, oh, Carol, oh, go go on. Go, go take on. it away, Carolos. Yeah, Let's see. All righty, boys. So I've it's going to go for about 45 minutes. Yeah, already. come on, make it quick. All right, boys. So I've, I've decided to go with a different, a more unusual approach to this uh, new segment. I've decided that my like for this segment is the second half of the Essendon Bombers. Like, Watching that, I was, I was loving it. I'm like, oh, this is good. Um, I think Bombers have are onto something here, and this could this could work in the next couple of years. But my dislike is Essendon's first half. What in the bloody hell were they thinking <laughs> to try and play this new style of game out of nowhere? They decided this handball link up game was the way to go. And I think at the end of the quarter, the ratio, there was like 10 to 1 handball ratio. The Bombers had 10 handballs to 1 kick at one stage. <laughs> what are you doing? You, the ball's going to get nowhere if you haven't kicked it 50 metres down the line. It's 5 metres away from the, the start of the play. Move the ball! <laughs> oh, I, I was frustrated. And, and, and next thing you know, they've got players that, that came into the team as a, as a starting defender moving up forward. What was Kale Hooker doing in the forward line in that first half? Where was the heart in the team? Oh, my gosh. Redmond not sticking on his player. Gleeson not sticking on his player. There, there were Hawthorne players. Freak. There were five Hawthorne players in that forward line that were alone. The only man that was manned up on his play was Jordan Ridley. Ridley was the only player that stuck to his man that whole game. But, hold on. I just want to read messages that I sent Joseph at the start. At the start, at the start of the half time, I was this frustrated. Mind you, a lot of this was in caps. I was, I was going off. 
I'm like, here we go. No, Just need to find him here. I message Joseph, and these were more messages. We are crap. Absolute crap. <laughs> and Joseph's response to this was, Hooker is playing forward, and he's trying to go down back to try and spoil that mark. The team is full of idiots. Gleason is, <laughs> is good. Redmond isn't good. Oh, my response was, he's, he's an idiot. Why, why, are we, why is Hooker playing up the forward line? Joseph, you're right. We need a new back line. What is going on? Without Hurley, without Ridley, what is the back line? You're a bunch of idiots. Here we go. And then my response to this, this is how much I was fuming. I said, I'd rather field 18 players with two left feet than these spuds. <laughs> Why is Hooker <laughs> playing in the forward line? They take Hurley out for because he's injured, and they bring Hooker in his place to be the general. Next thing you know, he's kicking goals on the other end of the field in the second half. They kicked important goals. Uh, important <laughs> goals, yes, and I'm happy for them. But come on, you're a defender. Stick to it. Turn it up, Spud. I was, I was pretty happy that he kicked the, the couple goals that he did. So, you know, love your hooker. But, oh, I was, I was just Wait, frustrated. Why are you sending me an angry face on Facebook at the moment? I was frustrated and I was very... <laughs> You've that sent me like, two angry faces. <laughs> that is just how frustrated that first half made me against Hawthorne. To, to be 36 points down to a team that the commentators were saying are in a rebuilding phase against Essendon, who, who are, in a sense, out of that rebuilding phase, but aren't good enough to be in the top eight. But how can you be 36 points down in that first half? Yeah. There were there were goals that they that Hawthorne kicked where they were just running straight into an open goal. No player, no chase down, no heart, no nothing. Had this, had the second half played out the same way, that Richmond game where we should have lost by nearly 100 points, we would have been pumped by Hawthorne by nearly the exact same margin had they played the same, had we had played the second half the same way we played the first half. Oh, that this infuriates me, boys. All right, call that quits now. Well done, <laughs> good stuff. Um, let's get on to our tips and then yeah. we're uh, wrapping just it up. We get on to our tips, fellas. Yep. I, just, uh, I just saw something real quick. We'll just add it in there. Bit sad, but uh, the hit on Crips to uh, Chris Main is more serious than we probably all thought. Yep. He's looking like he's to miss the rest of the season. So, yep. bit right. but yeah. Um, and also, I just heard if you want to touch base on uh, Collingwood again. Um, Mason Cox signing a one-year deal. So, uh, did he? Darcy Cameron didn't work, and I told you all so. Let's go um, on to our tips. Now, my tips for the week, Hawthorne Adelaide. Just because Alistair Clarkson um, hasn't handed his recognition, I'm going to say this. The Adelaide Crows are going to win their first game of the season tomorrow night. They will win. Watch. Just watch. You bet me um, too, Joey. Oh, mate. You and me both, sister. Um. <laughs> Continue. West Coast and Essendon. I'm going with the Eagles. Richmond and the Dockers. Going with the Tigers. Um, Sydney and Melbourne. Ah. <sighs> Where's it? Where's it being played at? Yeah, uh, Queensland in Queensland. Um, Kazali Stadium. Kazali Stadium. 
What's a Kazali Stadium? <laughs> What's a Kazali? St- what is it? Kazali Stadium. What is that? It's in Cairns. Oh, Cairns. Oh, jeez. What's, what's its capacity? Uh, probably 2,000. Um, <laughs> going, going with Melbourne. 50? No, I'm joking. Oh, There's say. no chairs. I think you just line up around the gate. Oh, you know, the locals go and have a nice time, have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Camping chairs. Um, The Giants and the Blues. I think the Giants will win. Um. Maddie and going to nullify Cribs. Yeah, hopefully. Um, Brisbane, <laughs> Brisbane, Brisbane, Collingwood. Look, I don't know. I'm not going to say a tip on that. Just leave it. Just leave <laughs> it. Enough. Just leave it. Just leave it. Um, no, I'm just going to go to the pies. All right, go on. Yeah. <laughs> just take it away, mate. Okay, so again, first game of the week, Hawthorne versus Adelaide. Oh, I mean, Adelaide seems like they've had a few minor chances to get just scrape of one win. Yep. Maybe I, I mean, I'm just I'm gonna agree with Joey. I'm gonna go for Adelaide in this game. Come they, on the crows. Got a minor chance. Come on the crows. West Coast versus uh, uh, Essendon. I'm gonna back the Eagles. Even though they always complain about playing in a hub or whatever away from home. In Queensland, they'll probably win. Richmond versus Rio. I'm going to go for Richmond. Sydney versus Melbourne. Uh, Sydney may surprise them, but I'll stick with stick with Melbourne. Um, yeah, I think Giants will beat Carlton. And Brisbane versus Collingwood. I mean... I don't, I don't even know, man. Um, yeah, I'm just, a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna let it slide. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wherever it goes next. Alrighty, so Hawthorne Adelaide. Uh, I'd really like to see Adelaide get a game on the board this season. So I'm gonna a, back a game Adelaide on the for board. This. A, a win? win on the board. A win yes. on the board. My bad. No. Okay. Uh, I'd like to say I'd like to see Adelaide win that game, so I'm going to tip Adelaide back back tip Adelaide for this one. Uh, West Coast Eagles have got this win because Essendon just won't be able to play up against them. They're much bigger, much stronger. Richmond versus Dockers. I've got Richmond. I've got the Tigers. Uh, Sydney Melbourne. I'm thinking Sydney in this one. Sydney could put them up to a challenge because mind you, a couple of weeks ago Sydney went and beat GWS. So there could be something there for Sydney, and Melbourne might have a game up again on their hands. JWS not in the the same form that Melbourne's in at the moment. That's very true, but I'm still going to back Sydney with this one. All right. Carlton, JWS, I'm going to say Carlton. I feel Carlton, although despite their disappointing loss against Collingwood, I think they're good enough to beat JWS, and I'm going to back them up for this game. Collingwood-Brisbane, I'm sorry, boys. Um, I think the the buy is gonna the buy helped out Brisbane, gave them a, a week's rest, much needed for a lot of teams whenever they get their their bye week. I'm gonna back Brisbane Lions here. All right. And I mean, then just, fair, just fair. to top it off, just to top it off, I'm pretty sure North Melbourne will lose to the buy this week. So um, <laughs> we could see another loss underneath North Melbourne's name. There you go. The comedian, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Hilarious. Um. 
I've said this time and time again. I've said the Hawks are worse than Adelaide right now. I've said it to my mates. I've said it on record. Don't let me down, Adelaide, please. I'm tipping you. Get the dub. Go home. It's gonna be it's gonna be all red and then just one green and then all red again. So please. Come on. For the boys. Eagles v Essendon. I'm going with the Eagles, but I wouldn't be surprised if Essendon win because for some reason the Eagles just can't win at home. Uh, win outside of their home. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Essendon just pulls some crazy crap out of their uh, back <laughs> and get that dub. I don't know. Eagles are pretty strong side. So, I'd love yeah. to see it, to be honest. Love to see it. Uh, Richmond Freo. I don't tip on my own game. We move on. Um, <laughs> my own team, sorry. Sydney v Melbourne. That's a bit tough. You know, you could go... Melbourne's form's pretty good, but if Sydney play the way they've played against GWS, they'll beat Melbourne. But um, I don't know. Melbourne Melbourne are like um, like a roller coaster. They're up or they're down. You never know. I don't know. So, but I'll, I'll go with I'll go with the D's. I'll go with the D's. Um, Giants v Carlton. I reckon Giants will win. I reckon they're starting. I reckon something's going to happen here. I reckon they're pushing for the eight. They're getting desperate. They're the closest one to it. I reckon they'll. They're my tip to make the eight, um, and I reckon they'll beat Carlton. But that being said, if Carlton find a way, if they use their, their smarts, they use their ticker, no, that's your heart. They use their head, they will, they will, and they find a way to to outsmart Leon Cameron with Matt DeBoer, and they uh, use Cripps in a, in a certain way that avoids DeBoer, Maybe Carlton can get some something out of this, and they could win. But maybe, know. maybe tag the tagger. I don't know if that's a thing, but whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll take it. Tag the tagger. <laughs> Collingwood v Brisbane. I told Joey we we went to go kick, have a kick for the park. I told him I said oh, I have a feeling Collingwood are going to get the dub, and I'm sticking with the pies. Pendles. I'm sorry, mate. You cost me my multi by one touch. I still love you, though. So just get the dub for the boys. And thank you very much. And that'll wrap us up. So good talking to you, lads, tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Stay safe and stay COVID safe.